he rang the bell for the waiter. When that official hurried up, fuzzy-haired and somewhat blear-eyed at that early hour, the detective, who was not without an appreciation of the simpler forms of humour, asked him to taste the sugar and see if it was up to the high reputation of the hotel. The result was that the waiter yawned suddenly and woke up. "'Do you play this delicate joke on your customers every morning?' inquired Valentin. "'Does changing the salt and sugar never pall on you as a jest?' The waiter, when this irony grew clearer, stammeringly assured him that the establishment had certainly no such intention. It must be a most curious mistake. He picked up the sugar basin and looked at it. He picked up the salt cellar and looked at that, his face growing more and more bewildered. At last he abruptly excused himself, and hurrying away, returned in a few seconds with the proprietor, the proprietor also examined the sugar basin and then the salt cellar. The proprietor also looked bewildered. Suddenly the waiter seemed to grow inarticulate with a rush of words. "'I think,' he stuttered eagerly, "'I think it is those two clergymen.' "'What two clergymen?' "'The two clergymen,' said the waiter, "'that threw soup at the wall.' Through soup at the wall, repeated Valentin, feeling sure this must be some singular Italian metaphor. Yes, yes, said the attendant excitedly, and pointed at the dark splash on the white paper. Threw it over there on the wall. Valentin looked his query at the proprietor, who came to his rescue with fuller reports. Yes, sir, he said. It's quite true, though I don't suppose it has anything to do with the sugar and salt. Two clergymen came in and drank soup here very early, as soon as the shutters were taken down. They were both very quiet, respectable people. One of them paid the bill and went out. The other, who seemed a slower coach altogether, was some minutes longer getting his things together. But he went at last— only the instant before he stepped into the street he deliberately picked up his cup, which he had only half emptied, and threw the soup slap on the wall. I was in the back room myself, and so was the waiter, so I could only rush out in time to find the wall splashed and the shop empty. It don't do any particular damage, but it was confounded cheek, and I tried to catch the men in the street. They were too far off, though. I only noticed they went round the next corner into Carstairs Street. The detective was on his feet, hat settled and stick in hand. He had already decided that in the universal darkness of his mind he could only follow the first odd finger that pointed. And this finger was odd enough. Paying his bill and clashing the glass doors behind him, he was soon swinging round into the other street.' 